Candace Long with Lessons in the Latter Days, offering biblical commentary to make sense of the times that we're living in. The last episode was all about the way God speaks, whereas today's episode is Kingdom Alignment number 2, The Way You Hear. Hearing the way God speaks is a tremendous spiritual discipline developed over time based on biblical principles that I will cover in this episode. But during the interim between these two episodes, the unthinkable happened in Maui on August 8, 2023. So I want to use the Maui devastation as a teaching lesson on how we hear what God is saying amidst a very real devastation in the earth. Because believe me, God is saying plenty through this event. So today's subtitle is The Biblical Implications of the Maui Fire. Like you, I was stupefied seeing the devastation on this beautiful island. I hurt with those who live there, who are sitting in silent grief. Now, we've had some time now to read what people are thinking and saying. Victims are looking for someone to blame. Some have blamed the power companies, the safety officials for not alerting people properly. Some have suggested Lahaina was destroyed by a microwave weapon. We'll touch on some of these things, but as a biblical commentator, when something major happens, I search out God's Word for perspective. What is he saying here? He wasn't caught off guard. He didn't say, now where did this firestorm come from? It slipped in when I wasn't looking. No, that is not biblical. Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Jesus instructed us, though, that in the latter days, there will be upheavals and devastations in the earth. God directed the destroying angels to devastate Egypt. He devastated Sodom and Gomorrah. He brought about the devastation of his own temple two different times by two heathen nations. When a land is filled with iniquity, The blood cries out, and the land vomits out its inhabitants. These are just some of the concepts that we must wrestle with to apply to each situation. So let's examine some principles to help us sift the word to find perspective about Maui. Principle number one, what should our initial response be in the face of devastation? I want to take you to the book of Ezekiel, which gives a beautiful story of how to hear God. It opens with the prophet sitting in silence with the other Jews after losing everything they had and taken exile to Babylon. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple devastated. Life as they knew it was over. For five years, they sat in silence, basically sitting shiva, waiting for a word from God. So in devastations like what happened to Maui, there is no quick fix, no lawsuit and insurance money payouts for people to quickly rebuild everything. There needs to be a time to process and feel every bit of the grief. 
There is a reason such devastations are called acts of God. No one could have foreseen this. What Ezekiel learned was to wait in grief and silence, bowing in recognition that God had a purpose and things to teach them as a people. And from what he heard, Ezekiel formed his entire prophetic message from sitting in quiet humility before the Lord. And this should be our first response to devastation. Principle number two There is a spirit that we are missing in this country. It is called Yerat Adonai, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. It is one of the seven spirits that flow from the throne of God. These seven are listed in Isaiah 11 and Revelation 1. Here they are. The spirit of the Lord, which is mercy. The spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And it is this last spirit that the Lord is pointing to right now. It is the spirit that teaches us how to relate to the awesomeness of our God. When devastation hits, We should humble ourselves and bow in deference to His holiness. We are a nation under judgment, and with Maui, God is getting all of our attention and silencing us before Him for our good. Principle number three. Maui is a foreshadowing for the seven-year birth pangs, or tribulation. We're going to see a lot of this the closer we get to the day of the Lord. This is how life will be for those who are left behind and are not taken by the Lord at the resurrection. So Maui is a wake-up call. God allows these kinds of devastations to bring about the right spirit in His people because He wants us to be with Him. Revelation 6 says, When the great day of their wrath has come, who can stand before it? During the day of the Lord, the book of Revelation details all the horrors that will take place on earth. Chapter 9 ends saying, The rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their immorality of their thefts, God was clearly pointing out what they needed to repent for, but they wouldn't hear. So the need in Maui or anywhere else where you have been devastated personally, humble yourself before Almighty God and let Him search your heart. This is how we give glory to God. We humble ourselves and we wait as long as it takes for Him to speak. This is how you hear. Principle number four, seek understanding about the details of the devastation. In my own life after 9-11, I spent a lot of time asking for wisdom about why God allowed my personal world to fall apart at that particular time in my life. 
The revelations over the next years, when I sat in silence, were tremendous because he pointed my career path in a whole new direction. I didn't see it at the time, but he was calling me to live closer to his presence and was preparing me to hear revelation that he began to pour out. I share all about this in my first two books, Wired for Creativity and The Levitical Calling, and everything I heard helped shape this series, Lessons in the Latter Days. So after the fire, I began asking God, Why Maui? Are you saying something through the location? Why now? And then I waited for him to speak. Here are four things he brought to my attention. First, the name Maui means a trickster god that comes from Polynesian mythology. Now, seeing that brought up a passage in the Torah, Deuteronomy 12, where the Lord told Moses, to prepare the people for going into the land. Now, that flagged my attention because it means that this is something that we will need to do when we enter the kingdom. He says, quote, You shall destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess served their gods. You shall tear down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and destroy their name out of that place. Unquote. Burning and destroying land dedicated to other gods will be a large part of what takes place when the kingdom begins. Idolatry, which can be the cause of a devastation, is a rejection of the God of Israel, Jehovah. His first attack in the kingdom will be against those the gods, who have stolen the people's affection and regard for him, whatever they have trusted in. Good times, good food, the wealth of tourism, and a culture built on something other than the Lord. Yes, we look at the news footage and we hurt for the people, and I'm not in any way suggesting they are all idolaters and are being decimated by God. But we make mistakes in our culture when we build upon places where other gods were worshipped, when we open up museums to house their artifacts so people can see how those gods were worshipped. This goes against the Torah and will not be in the kingdom. In the day of the Lord, which I believe is just a few years away, our earth will look, for the most part, like Maui. I believe the Father is using Maui to give us a real look at what the day of the Lord will be like, and it is sobering. A second biblical insight came from observations by some who noted that a wildfire theory would only make sense if a forest of trees surrounded the city of Lahaina, but that wasn't the case. A satellite photo showed buildings leveled by the fire, but standing trees around the buildings were not touched. Now, this suggested that energy weapons could have been used. A direct energy weapon uses microwaves that cause molecular destruction of materials that absorb them. It's very similar to how you can put a paper plate in a microwave oven and it will be fine. But if you put aluminum foil in there, it will burst into flames. Now, just so you know, 
these weapons are not new technology. Some believe they were used on 9-11. So that is one theory. Biblically, my mind went to Revelation 7, which describes events that will happen during the seven-year tribulation, which we are not yet in. It reads, quote, Then I saw another angel ascend from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God, and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God upon their foreheads. Unquote. Now this tells us that God has the power to destroy some things and leave the trees untouched. Sure, Maui could have been hit by a directed energy weapon or by a destroying angel given specific instructions not to harm the trees. Now, why would God do that? Again, it could be to prepare us to get our hearts right before the day of the Lord. God does nothing without warning his people. So this could have been a divinely assigned warning. Spare the people and use the situation to give precious warning to the world and encourage repentance and a return to God while there is still time. A third observation goes back to an episode I did in June 2023 called Warnings of a Nephilim Invasion. In it, I shared a prophetic dream that I had in October of 2022 of an alien probe that entered our airspace and began shooting missiles at the land below. In my subsequent internet search, I found just such a thing had occurred five years earlier in reality in October of 2017 in the Hawaii airspace. So after the Maui incident, I looked back at that dream to see where in Hawaii that spacecraft appeared. And to my amazement, it was spotted by the high-altitude Haleakala Observatory. And where's that? On the island of Maui. Coincidence? I checked the dates of both my dream and the actual Maui sighting, and here's what I found. My 2022 dream was the second of Heshvan, and the Torah reading that week was called Noah and covers Genesis 6 through 11. Now, this passage includes the first invasion of the Nephilim to earth. I also checked the date of the alien sighting in Maui in 2017, and guess what? It was the 29th of Tishri, and what was the Torah reading that week? You guessed it, Noah, covering the same passage in Genesis of the Nephilim invasion. Now, what I'm sharing with you is hearing God's perspective in a deeper way by digging deeper into biblical insight. In my Nephilim invasion warning episode, I revealed the plans of the elite to orchestrate campaigns of fear using man-made, unidentified aerial phenomenon and staging actual attacks from the air on communities below. And the retired FBI official who has been following this warned that it would happen before 2023 ended. 
One takeaway from the Maui firestorm is the possibility that what happened there is the first of what may be many such attacks. Now, right now, no one is talking about this possibility, but I see it as a strong one given the research and experiences I had leading up to the warning I released this past June. I'll put a link to these two episodes in the description notes to this one for you to listen and judge for yourself. But if my theory is correct, the deep state was behind the attack on Maui, and they are studying the aftermath of how the community responded. We are the guinea pigs, just like we were with the vaccine rollout. They do something awful, they study us, they gain data, and when they roll out next time, they will somehow have devised ways to make money off of our misery and gain more control over the population as a result. If we start seeing more communities going up in sudden flames like Maui, then we will know to expect more. Again, the Lord is giving us warning and perspective so that we will not be deceived. A final example of what I heard God saying is actually a business opportunity for someone who may be listening. Let me read what I wrote in my journal as I was pondering Maui. It related to the Deuteronomy passage about the exhortation to clear the ground and dedicate it to God. Now, I'm an entrepreneur, and I write down ideas when I see them. I'm going to share this one because this idea is not for me. I'm simply not gifted in this way. So I'm hoping that by sharing it, it might light a fire in some of you listening. Here's what I wrote in my journal. I believe God is looking for kingdom visionaries who invest in demolition work, clearing the ground after a devastation and dedicating it back to God, and somehow create a way to transport that demolition crew and equipment anywhere in the world to help areas like Maui, because we may likely see more areas devastated in some way. It's kind of like what Franklin Graham has done with Samaritan's Purse. He takes his team wherever there is need and ministers in the areas of their giftedness to help the people in the name of the Lord. Now imagine a godly demolition crew trained to travel anywhere in the world with crew and equipment not only to clean up the ground physically, including carrying off and disposing all the wreckage, but to do proper spiritual cleansing of the ground as well. That means they would be trained in how to dismantle demonic strongholds and dedicate a land properly back to the Lord. This is Levitical work and requires devout followers of the Lord. Deuteronomy 12 explains what God's demolition involves. For instance, it's not enough to just chop down an idolatrous tree that was used for orgies, because the Torah says that even its roots must be removed. This anointed demolition crew has to be trained and equipped to dig out and burn the idolatrous roots of a culture. If such a company existed, cities the world over would call on you to come help them 
during earthquakes, floods, and other devastations like Maui. This would be a way to serve God now while these things are unfolding and prepare you for important territorial leadership oversight when you come into the kingdom. The Lord is going to need mighty demolition crews to tear down land dedicated to other gods and rebuild the earth for the Lord. In closing, I want to share a piece of music that I composed following the devastating tsunami in 2004. What I heard watching that horror unfold ended up being a whole new way of composing because I felt and heard what God was doing in the earth and I was compelled to capture it musically. I conceived this award-winning three-minute piece of music as four separate movements. Each movement was composed, recorded, and mixed separately. You will hear the audio collision of movements one and two, which reflects people frolicking in the ocean, totally oblivious to the eerie rumbling deep within the bowels of the earth. The joyful movement slowly fades as so many lives were violently thrown against the shore. The timpani and trumpets crescendo in their warning, and all that remains are the doleful sounds as thousands of voices are silenced. Then comes the eerie stillness of the aftermath. The sad moans of an acoustic guitar form the core of this final movement, which mournfully commemorates one of our generation's greatest devastations. Nature is but a picture of what is going on in the spiritual realm. For the Lord is saying that a wave of devastation is coming upon the earth. He is shaking up the ground and pulling down every wrong foundation in which we have trusted. What we thought was secure will crumble before our eyes. But fear not. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and it is the fear of the Lord that we most need now. But he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, You are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, He will give His angels charge of you to guard you in all of your ways. Do not fear the devastations that are coming upon the earth. Let your voice rise up with praise in the midst of the darkness 
and declare the Lord is my refuge and my strength. I want to thank you so much for being with me today. You'll find this episode, The Biblical Implications of Maui, at CandiceLong.com slash podcasts. If you sign up to subscribe, I will send you links to all of my resources, which will help you find your destined place in these end times. I'm Candace Long. I hope you join me again next time for lessons in the latter days. God bless.